0: Hello and welcome to Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time. I'm Duncan. I'm Lex. And this is the show where Lex and I take turns trying to blow each other's minds with our movie picks of the week. Maybe the movies are a little obscure, off the beaten path. Maybe they're just uh, a movie that uh, the other one happened to miss. Uh, There are really no rules, except uh, at the end of the episode we will uh, tell the other person whether their pick uh, blew our minds or not.
1: The pick this time is the hitcher from 1986 directed by robert Harmon, written by eric Red, and it's my pick this go round
0: and i've got a little egg on my face because i thought we were watching hitch with kevin james and <laughs> will smith and that's what i watched and it was a delight i was going to congratulate you on my mind being totally blown your best pick yet okay. just a hoot the hitcher. I I have a feeling I I might have enjoyed uh, hitch more, but uh that's all to come. That's all to come.
1: Well, I think maybe the place to start is uh what you teased uh last time, maybe even in episode two, that uh th- what steered you clear of this movie was an episode of Siskel and Ebert from nineteen eighty-six. And uh I went ahead and watched that episode which is on youtube and and um, i watched it i
0: hadn't seen it for 35 36 years i didn't know those episodes were on youtube uh i watched it late last night after a couple drinks and I, I watched the whole thing i, I will be going down yeah. cisco and neighborhood rabbit hole uh
1: big oh time. my but I, I did not it was realize so, so much fun to, to watch yeah
0: I how heard. how uh adamantly they despised the hitcher <laughs> i will tell you my memory and the reason i was scared okay, of great. the movie have avoided great. the movie for years was great. i distinctly remembered them discussing it and talking giving it a negative uh, review two thumbs down and mm-hmm. talking about a scene in which uh jennifer jason lee my girl jennifer jason lee is torn apart by a truck and i put that in the i don't need to see that category um, so, I, 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 I had it in there for years, but I think this, this, uh, might lead to a bigger discussion on Cisco yeah. and Ebert just in general, uh, really are not big fans of slashers. Some, some of the more kind of grizzly B horror films um there are many movies you know uh, hellraiser last house and left that you know mm-hmm. roger has trashed uh you know he loves uh sisters i was i was looking trying to find a, a slasher that he liked that he liked sisters yeah yeah you know, that's of sort of
1: before the trend i feel gave like the
0: thing a, a light uh you know kind of a middling review uh loves yeah. the alien movies but this but this this review for the hitcher i have to say oh. This is probably the 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 most uh, feathers that they've gotten ruffled up. The, both of them hated it for very different reasons. And They're I was furious. actually a little confused about Roger's reasoning. I had to look up his his actual print review to get a little more clarity
1: right. So he said that uh, God, there's there's so many paths we could go down here, but he said that one of the he said it twice the big reason is that it it was um. Uh, A homoerotic, uh, sadomasochistic story that never copped to that.
2: Now, it looks in that scene like The Hitcher is a high-speed action movie, and it is. Technically, it's very well made. That scene was well made. But what is this movie saying? That older man tortures that boy all through the movie. He plays tricks on him. He tries to kill him. He frames him for murder. He kills his girlfriend. He completely takes charge of that young boy's life. He is evil personified and at the end of the movie what happens something very sick happens there is the unmistakable implication that that kid sort of liked that treatment and that he might become the next hitcher later in the show we have a movie named nine and a half weeks it's gotten a lot of publicity for its story of kinky sex but if you look beneath the surface of the hitcher this movie is ten times more perverted more heartless and more cruel it's a deeply cynical movie that doesn't even have the courage to admit what it's really about which is gay sadomasochism, and I don't know which I hated more in this movie: the cynicism or the dishonesty.
1: I disagree. I, I, I maybe there's some homoeroticism in in this movie, but I don't really think that that's that's what this is about. What that what that relationship between these two characters is about.
0: But- I, I disagree as well. I disagree as well. I, I didn't understand that. I I like my homoeroticism in the subtext anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a movie like this, and and I. You know, thought that might have added something to it. It seemed like he had a lot of issues with the ending and see Thomas Howell's uh, transformation,
1: tra- supposedly
0: transformation of the dark side, which I didn't I didn't as... see. OK, I thought I missed something. I, I literally I, you thought
1: know. I, 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 I never uh, caught that from the end of the movie. And as I watched it, uh, as I watched the credits happening, this go round, because they hold on him by the truck in in silhouette i thought that basically what was going to happen based off the ebert thing was that a car was going to come up and he was going to stick his thumb out like he's the new hitcher because basically that's sort of what ebert was saying that there, a torch was passed between villain right. and and hero in, in, in this movie but that doesn't happen
0: uh, I re- I should have done this before, but uh, have you seen The Hitcher 2 from 2003 with C. Thomas uh, Howell? With C.
1: Thomas Howell? I, I have not. Uh, starring uh, Jake Busey as the next hitcher.
0: Is okay, the- I was going you know to ask if, yeah. if C. Thomas is the next hitcher in that. Or That's if what I thought. Once again uh, no. in the driver's seat.
1: And Yeah, he's in the driver's seat. The proverbial
0: seat. passenger seat, really.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Okay, so Roger was a little off, but I think the note behind the note uh, <laughs> was that he was not a fan of this movie. Gene also uh, feathers, very ruffled. Not only was he not a fan of this movie, he called out. <laughs> the producers and the makers yes, of this film, including HBO, uh, as as if they were these these smut peddlers to be shamed. That's on right. Public te- this on, uh, on this television. new
1: era of Hollywood that he just did not approve of this, this next generation and these these sort of carpetbaggers, he almost implied coming in with their their money and poor intentions into Hollywood and, and just making a wreck of it all. Like He said he basically didn't have the words to say how much he hated this, this movie.
3: Now I want to acknowledge some of the people behind this movie because I always like to have them come out from behind the rocks. Silver Screen Partners, which is basically a tax-shelter deal. HBO Films, new to the making of movies. And TriStar, a relatively new film company. These are all new, fresh money in Hollywood. And they're all new, fresh money. And they've all been taken for a ride. And they're all taking us for a ride. They're putting garbage on the air. And that's what happens sometimes with these new people playing the movie game. I don't think we like this movie. And I... Feel like if
1: you're getting that strong of a of a reaction from a movie that that means it did something to you and is is worth uh, revisiting. I do wonder if if either of those two came around on on this after the fact because I do know. Having taken a class with Roger Ebert in 1995 or oh, my, no, my, maybe my. 96, oh. where you were, we discussed
0: you, oh, were you were you an embryo then? You were just a little. baby? I was
1: so young. I was—I think I might have been uh, in elementary school. Um, but we watched Pulp Fiction, um, and he—it wow. was his maybe his third. No, 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 no. It was his second time watching Pulp Fiction because I think it came out, you know, only a few months before we did this. Uh, this in-depth analysis. He had gotten an early copy of it before it was on video. And he basically said, I had, I I was, I had an adverse reaction to this film the first time I saw it. And that was meaningful to me because it meant that I needed to go back and and take a fresh look, which is what we all did together. Um, So I don't know. I I think highly enough of Ebert that I believe, and I, I feel like i've read his his reconsiderations enough that that you know he might have come around on this but god who knows because they really did they, here's how much they hated that movie and I, I i was like i was shocked by it and it and it touches on um a subject that we've actually been kicking around for a couple of weeks which is and you've already done it frankly uh a spoiler you you said that Jennifer Jason Lee dies in the movie to me that's a that's a spoiler and they dropped it off right at the beginning of the episode they're they're so angry about it and not only are they angry about that but they're angry about how it
3: happened uh that's the hook we're supposed to now get interested this is guys tough Mm -hmm. we didn't need the explicit I, i didn't even like the language use of the dismemberment. That's how short my fuse has become on violence when I see it in service of something that is nothing more than violence. Mm-hmm. This film is nothing more than a dozen ways to chop up a person. That's really all it's about. And there's a scene in here, and I want to get real specific about it, where a woman is tied up between two trucks, and I'm figuring there's no way that they're gonna actually have the guy yeah, step I never on believed the... I never, I believed never thought I would ever see that in a movie. She pulled... She's pulled, her limbs are pulled apart, this is what American
2: movies have come and to. And although she's brought in, allegedly, as the love interest, there was never any love interest between her and the kid you because bet. all of the love interest in this movie, and the movie is yeah, not yeah. honest enough to admit it, you is it. between these two people, and they're and using this violent game as some sort of perverted sex in a way that the movie will not acknowledge.
1: They're basically like, they wouldn't dare to kill her in this way. They wouldn't dare to do it, and they did it.
0: To me, that I mean, isn't that what the movies are about? I watched their review, and I almost felt, like, a little depressed in terms of how desensitized I am. Yeah. Because, oh, right. I, I you point. know, it, it wasn't like the movie was particularly shocking. But no. I was like, wow, we have really uh, come a long way, and not in a good way. From, <laughs> you know, I, 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 was, I was looking back with nostalgia at Gene and Rogers uh, uh, a little bit. Their hey. dismissal and their disgust at this movie.
1: I mean, I was... I was thrilled. This was a packed episode. I was thrilled by all the other movies that they, they got to watch. They, they watched nine and a half weeks in that episode. Um, and which Roger of course liked no big surprise. Um, Jean thought it was tawdry and, uh, it couldn't compare to last tango in Paris. Um, uh, pretty in pink, uh, which, which I, Ebert I loved. identified as ducky. <laughs>
0: ducky is a weak um, spot in that movie uh, uh, i a, i don't think weak, that, i agree with gene actually that I don't was think it's that great of a movie. in some kind of wonderful yeah you want yeah, right. the lead to end up with the other right. underdog That's uh right. i agree i i was a little uh not to get too far in the weeds with Pretty and Pink, but I think Harry <laughs> Dean, this Stanton's, episode very, of Harry Dean <laughs> Stanton's very interesting in that movie. And, but I love, Gene has a great quote where yeah. he's referring to the James Spader preppy character who he thought was such a caricature of waspiness that it was offensive and racist. Racist, he said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe. I literally almost dropped the phone as I'm watching it on YouTube. Um, well,
0: I think r- unpacking Gene and Roger a little bit is worthwhile uh, if we're going to talk yeah. about, you know, my taste, which is part of what yes. this podcast is about. Because to me, as I guess a, you a, also a don't, young don't like boy, weird science. Uh, I liked Weird Science enough. I saw it with friends. They said they didn't like Weird
1: Science. I was like, these guys are killing me. All right, anyway, I I interrupted you.
0: But for me, uh, Gene and Roger were gods. Gods sitting in their squeaky balcony chairs high above the rest of us. I mean, who else was I going to talk movies with? They really, I took their reviews very seriously. So now that I am thinking about it, is the fact that I had... An aversion at the time, and was a little late to some of the slasher classics that I enjoy now. Was that due to a lot of the poo-pooing that uh, Gene and Roger did on their show back in the day? I think probably
1: they're they're pretty persuasive. I mean, they're certainly fun to watch. I mean, they I love how much they lean into. Um, their antagonism of each other—it's—it's it's like a joy to watch. And the, I had forgotten about the the opener, which I'm sure changed over the years. But the yes, opener of this 1986 episode is them like getting the concessions out of the machine. And guess what else is in the machine with the goobers and the starburst? Also, reviewers' notes that you can come off the coil and fall love down that. love that and then oh they sneak into the balcony that's off limits the two of them give each other a little do we dare
0: look it's so good it's so it's good. so good it's so cozy uh, uh rex to reed the whoever his partner was i remember they had <laughs> that that carbon copy uh, at the movies type show. And then later after Gene passed and there was the, the kind of, a uh, rotating, uh, guest list of critics. Those are, I have watched a bunch of those on YouTube where he has everyone from the
1: Roper you know, one oh, uh, oh, oh, he, oh.
0: before, before he landed on Roper, Roger was courting a who's who of critics oh, from, right, uh, you know, I think <laughs> Gene Shalit to Peter Travers to, uh, Joyce Galhawick. Um, there it's really Shallot? entertaining. I believe so. I believe so. I just re- recently watched Joyce. Uh, someone posted on Twitter the Joyce Cahaywick. She's a Boston critic who who called uh, Gladiator one of the best films she's ever seen, and uh, Rogers' head nearly exploded. <laughs> anyway, so I think that might have informed a lot of my opinions. I like to think I'm a big boy and grown up now. And I went yeah. into The Hitcher with uh, uh, my whiskey and my uh-huh. slippers right. on a little more and, comfy. and uh my hope to break free of uh of gene and, and roger's i don't know puritanical grasp on my horror tastes
1: well good i'm glad that this this took you there i i do i do want to rewind for a second uh to talk about the the spoilers issue do you agree with me that that was seemed outrageous that they gave away that plot point
0: right that, at that, the beginning that, did seem uh, did seem somewhat outrageous. You and I, this is very meta because you and I have been talking about spoilers. Right. right. Uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched Who Invited Them, <laughs> maybe watch it before you listen to episode three. Yeah. I, I think we might have to be just a little more careful with, with what I think are kind of the third act uh, end of end of the movie spoilers.
1: Okay. Well, in, but this, in this case, case we we're
0: talking about we Gene and Roger it. talking about the movie. Oh, okay. So was, all right. So there's it, the metaphor to do. Yeah. That's what kept you
1: away from the movie. Was there any else, the other deep fear for you uh, as, as tied into the, that movie? Um, I don't think all? so. I am a big Jennifer that.
0: Jason Lee fan. And I, I, you know, feel like even by the time she did the Hitcher, she's already been sexually assaulted in a number of of films i'm not rushing out to see jennifer jason lee get abused or uh, right. ripped apart by a vehicle i haven't even seen last exit to brooklyn because i don't want to have to watch that i don't scene. know i don't well, have
1: any details
0: on that. read one. the book kids it is dark 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 um i'm assuming that scenes in the movie but anyway, no, those that's what kept me away. It was not, I, I believe, a particularly well-reviewed movie at the time. I know it has a little bit no. of a cult status now. I did post that I was watching it on Twitter, and a couple people weighed in positively. So when I mm-hmm. sat down to watch a couple nights ago, I was ready for a nice, big, juicy uh, cheeseburger, followed up maybe by some humble pie for mm. my uh, uh, talking, uh, talking a little shit about the Hitcher
1: but it sounds like it didn't go that way if i'm reading into anything okay we'll see whatever who cares um i there's some interesting stuff here at the at the start for me i um i sent you the robert Harmon short that got him uh this gig did you end up watching that
0: I did. I got the short late last night. First, I thought, oh, what is this homework? I really enjoyed that. Charles, uh, I hope I don't mispronounce his name, but I always love that actor, Napier.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, I Jonathan, think that's what
0: it is. Jonathan Demi favorite. Uh, you yep. might know him from the Blues Brothers, is uh-huh. very effective, very scary. That lantern jaw. I mean, he is really, uh, really terrifying in this.
1: I remember him from uh that scene in Cable Guy when Jim Car- Jim Carrey throws the karaoke party and invites all these weirdos that he knows um that have been part of his uh his plan all along and and Napier is the cop who gives him of course, this is a podcast, so you're not going to see it. But he gives this like old-school uh, finger-to-nose-then-point uh, move that I thought was just so classic, like vintage actor. That's that's what I think of with Napier. Uh, but then it's got some other favorites. Uh, w- uh, William Sanderson is in um, this movie called Sh- uh, China Lake, which is a 35-minute 35, 35 short about a cop uh, a bike cop that goes on vacation and, and on vacation, he just tortures people, um, in the desert. And, and there's a lot, visually, there's a lot of similarity to, uh, to this movie, the, the hitcher. Um, and frankly, um, there is, uh, it's, it's pretty wake and frighty and, uh, Charles, Char- um, George Millery, as well. Just the, uh, the landscapes and, and the road aspect of, uh, of both China Lake and the hitcher.
0: Really interesting short. I, I wondered, I mean, it, it could have been called maniac cop. Sure. I, th- I think this is post bad maniac Lieutenant. Cop. That's for sure. It's very bad Lieutenant. I wonder why Ten he didn't make this earlier. into a, into a feature. Did, did you know anything about that? Was this developed as a feature?
1: I, I mean, uh, sadistic
0: I cop on vacation. I don't think so. Sold. From what I
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, from what I read, uh, about, uh, Harmon, he did pretty well, actually thanks to Napier. Napier, uh, showed it to Demi and Demi helped, um, Harmon get an agent. Um, and for a moment Harmon started to get some scripts, uh, but he said no to quite a few of them, uh, until this came along. Um, and he kind of, at the same time was thinking i can't keep saying no um and it just kind of clicked but i i think it's also a pretty interesting it's one of the the screen play aspect of this is is one of those sort of hollywood stories that i feel like you know lures in um screenwriters which is you know, this guy, uh, Eric Red, uh, lived in Austin, um, had maybe made a short. Um, and then he, uh, he wrote this screenplay. Uh, it was 190 pages and he wrote a letter to go along with it. And, um, there's some quotes, uh, that, uh, are, are, are attached to it as far as he said like this. Oh, let me, let me see if I can find it. When you read it, you won't sleep for a week. When the movie is made, the country will not sleep for a week. And it was, I guess, enough to to get it on some desks of some producers. And, uh, and then there's this story in the LA Times from 86, which is pretty much a promotion piece for the movie, but it's really long and it's really in-depth as to how this movie got made. And frankly, it, it doesn't sound that different from now you know the more things change the more they stay the same as far as how these types of movies uh get made
0: oh but well, you're really bringing me back with these stories of uh six-figure script deals and yep. cocksure screenwriters yep. writing self-promotional letters that was the Esther House heyday almost yeah. almost i guess yeah and few, so a few more eric Redd, down the line
1: eric red um Wrote two of Catherine Bigelow's movies, uh, Near Dark and Blue Steel, uh, both of which I'm fans of. They're fan. intense. Um, and he also did a movie called Body Parts, which I saw in the, in the theater back in the 90s. Um, I think he directed it. It's uh, starring Jeff Fahey and uh, Brad Dorf uh, oh, wow. both of whom I I'm sure you're fans. Uh, I'm your a fan huge of,
0: I'm, Brad dorff fan. There huge. you
1: go. Um, it's about a guy. <laughs> do you know the the plot of Body but I Burns? don't, and I haven't seen it. It's I I really like it. It's uh it's about a guy who gets in a car accident, uh loses his arm, and he wakes up to discover that they he got a arm transplant, and then his arm starts doing things out of his control, uh, to the point <laughs> that he, he starts looking up who he got the transplant from and discovers it's, uh, it was a psychotic killer. Um, uh, I'm
0: assuming that's Brad Dorf.
1: No, actually. So oh, he, starts tra- he starts tracking down the other people who have gotten transplants from this guy and they're having the same problem. Um, and uh it goes from there brad dorff is one of them and he gives an amazing uh, unhinged performance as you might imagine
0: he always does okay okay yeah. all right um, i'm adding that to my list
1: uh, yeah hey i would have suggested it but you got to get the hitcher in first
0: anyway right from the start with the hitcher I, I you know i i was excited i like uh both on hulu and hbo max it's, it's got the letterbox uh, treatment um because uh, I guess this must have been shot at widescreen. It, w- it would be nice to see this in a theater.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, wait. Where so did you watch it? it? I watched it on HBO Max, and it was it was like four by three or whatever. It was yeah the, the bad ratio.
0: The bad ratio, I should say, not yeah, the yeah. letterbox, but the bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Evidently, I think there is some Blu-ray in the works. That's that's gonna give us what we want to see, but but.
0: Well, I imagined the beautiful vistas. Yeah. Even if, yeah. if I couldn't quite get the get the feel of the the Ford esque vistas, I kind of knew what he was going for.
1: It really works for me that it kicks off as this this ghost story and and plays on um you know the premise of don't pick up a hitchhiker um he's liable to be a killer and uh, I I think it doesn't work without is that a ghost Ru-
0: story? Yeah. Okay. You didn't hear that at the, as a kid? I thought it was just, I, 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 it was I, just I common believe. sense. Have you ever picked up a hitchhiker?
1: No, but I remember as a kid seeing hitchhikers on the road and and hearing the same thing that C. Thomas Howell uh, says, which is my, my mom told me not to do this, uh, not to pick up a hitchhiker. And um, I think it was also at a time when, when hitchhiking used to be very popular and by the reagan era had had taken a, a darker turn and so it was kind of the, the perfect time to deliver this this story um and it kicks off right away
2: gas stations have cigarettes
3: what about gas i don't need gas what do you want <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? That's what the other guy said. <laughs> Who's he on the other guy? The guy who was driving that car back there. The guy who picked me up before you did. Was that him in the car? I'm sure it was. could have walked very far. Why is that? Because I cut off his legs. And his arms. And his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you.
0: Gene Siskel did not like that part either. He didn't even he like He really didn't. He didn't even like the dialogue of that. He he took a serious offense. I mean, I wonder what the, have these guys like was Gene alive for like audition? I, That's a, Let's not go back there. Let's not All go right.
1: Back there. All right. Well, here here's some fun stuff. Uh you ready for the actors considered before they got Rutger Hauer? Please. David Bowie, Sting, Sam Shepard, Your Harry Dean Stanton and the one that, um, the director wanted the most and, and, and tried and tried and tried to get Terrence stamp. Now I do think it would work really well with Terrence stamp, but according to stamp's agent, the actor refused because he said that he worked very hard to get into his roles and that to get into the mind of that man, madman would have been completely destructive to his entire personality.
0: Interesting. The
1: Hitcher would have destroyed Terrence Stamp as, as, as we know him.
0: I want to know what Sam Shepard's agent said. <laughs> He'll do it. Cut him a check. I would say out of that list, yes, I could imagine with Terrence Stamp. I can't imagine it with any of those other actors. But Sam Shepard, I can see that maybe out of all those. I mean, I'd like to see the Harry Dean Stanton version. Totally. Um, and then you know, maybe Sam Shepard could do it.
1: So, uh, other considerations, uh, this is going to be no surprise, uh, for the C Thomas, Howell role were Matthew, Boone Matthew Modine, Tom Cruise, and Emilio Estevez, who really had his heart set on it and did not get it.
0: I mean, I'm surprised they just didn't bring in the whole, the whole Brad pack. Where's Judd Nelson? Where's Rob Lowe?
1: They would have all been great. Just swap them in scene to scene.
0: Matthew Modine says he was supposed to play uh maverick. Uh, in Top Gun, and turned the roll down. It was it was too uh, uh Is too that right? But uh, I, now I'm plugging somebody else's podcast. I listen to the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Brett thinks maybe Matthew's confused, and he was supposed to be cast as Goose.
2: <laughs> I
0: knows? love
1: that Matthew was confused. Yeah.
0: Um, um interesting well uh all those actors would have been interesting as well yep. i'm a huge outsiders fan so i enjoy uh see thomas howell i like to see him act see him yeah. run see him terrorize uh,
1: <laughs> oh no so
0: let me just t- tell you so i sat down i would say the, the when this movie really cooked and clicked in for me is yeah this first 20 minutes Okay. Uh, even though at the same point, I m- my own personal preference would I like a as you know uh, a slow burn. Uh-huh. I could have had things a little. Little, a little more drawn out in terms little of more a drawn disc- out it just see that's what i love so much about more this movie. relatable it, it just, just in escalates terms of so quickly see thomas howell's line about my mom says don't pick up hitchhikers this is a big moment in a horror movie this is the sin uh that he's committing yeah, that is yeah. going to open the, the 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 doorway to hell and yeah. it's kind of cast aside he doesn't even really hesitate at first I, I wanted a stop and then a start and then, a, oh, I don't know. It's oh, no. hemming and hawing. That's See, me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to milk the yeah, thing. But then and it's you just going to be a never, big, boring talk-a-thon. Yeah, you That's never would have I gotten did. to
1: all the places that it goes. I mean, in the first 20 minutes. Well, a few kills. of those places, I,
0: I don't think it needed to go. All right. To be quite name honest. One. A finger in the fries. I will just say, no, Finger in the Fries was fine, I, and I like the dog. Uh, there's a moment where uh, the German Shepherd's in the police station and is, uh, oh, yeah. is, is licking, licking his dead master. For, for me, I enjoyed the movie more when it was when I thought it was going to be more this kind of cat and mouse uh, hitcher on the highway. I love Rutger Howard popping up from the children's station wagon. That yeah. stuff I love. When it became more, yeah. Rutger Howard is framing. See Thomas Howell for all these crimes, right? I get a little frustrated. I okay. I feel like okay. those those movies where someone has a secret and they just can't get anyone to believe them, uh huh, can be frustrating and not as not as fun for me. Okay. So I was having fun, then I was having a little less fun. Okay, I was I was ready for a big juicy cheeseburger, and I got served more of a dry turkey sandwich with a finger in it, which is fine. <laughs> I'll eat that too. I'll eat that too. I just love that that opening really cooked. I thought
1: it did. It did. I mean, I feel like it hits all the notes. I I really like how dreamlike it is at the start. It almost made makes you think that um, the whole, not that I'm a fan of this move and they don't pull this move by the way, but it it's dreamy enough at the beginning and he, he, he dozes off for a second which justifies Mm -hmm. uh uh him taking on uh, a hitchhiker so that he can stay awake but um you know it 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 could be perceived as a, a whole dream right as as this is where your mind wanders to this is this is the story that where your brain might go if you're on a long road trip you see that hitchhiker and you imagine this is what might happen which essentially is what eric red says you know inspired the book he, he picked up a guy the guy was weird he dropped him off as soon as he could and and moved on but the the whole idea stuck with him and what i like about it is this elemental nature of of the hitcher and that um he does have this almost supernatural presence where he seems to be everywhere he seems to be unstoppable um and almost godlike i i i have grown to really like that about this story that that it's a lesson for this this innocent guy it's it's a tale of innocence to maturity as this guy realizes and asks many times why are you doing this um and Rutger Hauer says, you're a smart kid, you figure it out. But it's it's basically, you know, what people ask a higher power, why, why are you putting me through all this? And, well, this is just the nature of reality, that things get harder and harder and harder. Um, and is it going to break you or are you going to transform, um, which is what happens Ah. I like that about this movie.
0: Uh, you should be do, you should have been doing PR for this movie in the <laughs> 80s and reached out to Cisco and Ebert. They when were Rutger, kicking this stuff When around. Rutger Howard says to see Thomas Howell, you're a smart kid, you'll figure it out. I, then I kind of sat up a little bit and I was like, oh, this movie is going to tie things up in a neat little bow at yeah. the end. What, no? what is the game he's playing? And um, here we are, 35 years later. Still trying to figure it out.
1: So, um, all right. Well, there's two things that um, I think are pretty interesting that I, I discovered by doing some some deep reading. Um, one is uh, what the director said about it, which is that Riker Howard is on a mission to commit suicide, but, but can't bring himself to do it. And so he does it by suicide way. Suicide
0: by C. Thomas Howell.
1: That's right. That's right. And there's, (laughs) there's this, that moment after the drawn and quartering scene, um, sorry, before the, the, the moment of, of the drawing and and quartering, uh, where basically, uh, Riker hours or John Ryder as he's called in, in, in the story, um, asks C Thomas how to, to kill him. That's 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 what he's begging of this kid.
2: Pick up the gun! Put it in my face. Right there. That's good. You know what to do. Now do it. Squeeze the trigger.
0: She'll die.
2: You useless waste.
1: This could be the part. I was going to save it for the end, but I do think it's interesting enough to, to bring up now which is did you see the first time i brought up this movie i said you should read this article afterwards from the the la weekly did you uh did you read that article
0: you could have given me a a refresher warning that's all right calling me out in the podcast Uh, you sent it a long time ago i think i
1: i did um it's an article that i read uh around the time that um it was published, which I think was like mid two thousands. It is, and there doesn't seem to be much press about it. And I, you know, all I can do is 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 talk about what's in the article. I'm not going to read into it too much, but uh, uh, basically, Eric read um, there was an incident where he blacked out behind the wheel, and it ended up uh, killing two people it caused um, major carnage there was no no criminal charges but there were uh civil charges and um after uh he came out of the blackout and saw all the carnage uh, he attempted suicide it's all very intense stuff and it's a, it's all detailed in this article and, and i'm not trying to to drum it up only to to point out um the writer of the article Uh, brings up this point, which I'll read, which I, I think actually is a really accurate um, assessment of, of what this movie might actually be about. Um, It goes to me, at least the most persistent explanation is that Howell and Hauser are actually the same person, two sides of a split personality. And the film is an allegory for schizophrenia, schizophrenia with one side, uh, goading the other into suicide um as a policeman says to him not uh the policeman at the end of of the movie as a policeman says to him not quite able to articulate the rather squeamish strain of homoeroticism running throughout the film uh or the pronounced father-son relationship that uh that haunts them there's there's something strange going on between the two of you i don't know what it is and i don't want to know what it is um so this idea of uh two characters actually being one grappling with this one issue down this this lonely road um striking and actually pretty accurate to me about uh, maybe what what's going on um in this story pretty
0: heady stuff pretty, pretty heady, heady stuff,
1: stuff but can be applied to a lot of his other movies including body parts which is about a guy basically saying What my body is doing is not me, and I need to attribute it to somebody else. Now, I'm going to do one last crazy segue, which is that a fan of uh, the Hitcher um, is one David Fincher, uh, who also explores this in Fight Club.
0: I might have to ask David about this because you know we have worked together before. I don't do, know. Do I don't tell. want to named. Well, it's I signed an NDA. It was an oh, HBO right. show called uh Living uh, 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 on Video. It's a shame it didn't happen, but uh you know we filmed some episodes. He was wonderful. Oh um my gosh! I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Not. And that's where, I where it is. Is. So not. we can't say anything more. I can't say anything more. And this, we're here to talk about the Hitcher, not my premium cable writing career. That uh, I think uh, it'd be nice if that sparked up again. If anyone's listening, um, <laughs> I can see David Fincher. Be I can see the the coldness, um, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of lack of uh, yeah moral cues uh, him being a big fan of this and i like you know you're you're making me warm to the hitcher a little more i did like that line from the uh, police officer about not knowing what was going on between the two of them and i wanted more of that i guess i'm just a big dummy who wants the cards to be shown A little more because uh, to be honest that was another line that made me sit up straight because i was like i don't understand what's going on i I don't understand what is motivating this line here yeah 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 what's going on between them is that that he just ripped apart he he just ripped apart c thomas howell's friend and now he wants revenge that that seems a little more cut and dried to me i mean to me i was you know that that seemed to be i will
1: say that the the things that stick with me about this movie are actually not the finger in the fries or the uh jennifer jason lee getting pulled apart but rather um really visual moments or very moody moments um it's just to me it's like it's big time cinema and i think that it has a lot to do with rutger Hauer's incredible looking face <laughs> he's um, phenomenal
0: Rutger Hauer is phenomenal. Every moment he's on screen is a winner. But
1: one of the most terrifying things to me in this movie is when he lies down on the bed beside Jennifer Jason Lee in the in the motel room, um, and uh, C. Thomas Howell is in the shower, and and basically him stepping into the 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 role of C. Thomas Howell to then abduct Jennifer Jason Lee right before that scene. I don't know. It's those moments that actually frighten me about this, this movie, not the big, uh, crazy moments. It's sort of the calm or the silent moments in between that, that kind of terrify me. And also just the sun soaked desert and the gleam on the highway and the, the blood and the dirt. And it's that stuff that really gets me oddly with this movie.
0: Yeah, there's a nice vibe there, and there are certainly a lot of moments that uh, I mentally bookmarked as Lex Raby staples, uh, even just four episodes deep into the okay. show, I can tell. I know if somebody commandeers, a desperate man commandeers a police car, that's something that's going to get Lex very excited. And then if a, if a helicopter rises over the horizon line and starts firing how great was that i know you're in heaven right there
1: who does a jump scare out of a helicopter rising over the hill i thought that was pretty cool (laughs) um so it does make me and this is a question that i jotted down which is we got into it last time home invasion scares you terrifies you but what do you what do you what do you want in a in a movie what 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 tickles your fancy in that that great way. Is it and you said a slow burn, you know, you do enjoy well, one, but I'm thinking when I, I use think of a dunkin movie, term I think of actors and I think talky. I think they're going to talky 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 through the whole movie. This was not a talky movie.
0: This was not a talky movie. And I and yeah, I could have gone for just a little more of them in the car. And I don't even like the term slow burn. I find it uh Yeah. We don't have to have that discussion. Um, It's not a good term. It's not a good term. Uh, but i for me relatability in a horror movie is is big so when i say when i say i would have liked them in the car the motivation shooting the shit a little more motivation but also just the relatability because once what rutger howard gets thrown out of the car or even after once he's in the station wagon with the family and then they're at the gas station and see thomas howell is like trying to warn them now we're off the rails and i have you know, there's which is fine. All movies but do that; they don't have to be based in my experience. But now we're we're in we're in the land of like, okay, I've nothing like this has ever happened to me or anyone yeah. I know, and uh, we're only like 20 minutes into the movie where I like a little more baked in real life. Uh, you know, r- 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 real life brass tacks. If I'm going to get you really, think that's going to let you down. If, the it's, rails.
1: if it's real, if it's nothing, no motivation is going to make sense for Rutger Howard. That that's what I find so incredible about this movie is that by painting it in, in, in sort of a making it a mythic story, almost you can get away with, with the most incredible visuals and the, 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 incredible surprising turns that, that happen. Um, because if you had to ground it in reality, then, then, well, you're just never going to get there.
0: I, I think you can slice the cheese a little thinner. I'm thinking about one of my favorite movies, okay. one of yours too. Uh, no country for old men, obviously a very different film okay. made by some of the world's best filmmakers, but that Javier Bardem character, that sugar Character has they, they they kind of have a patina of otherworldliness, mythicness of, of, around him, mm-hmm. uh, but they hold their cards a little closer to their chest. So he's not you know able to do absolutely would... everything. So you know the Rutger Howard character just he's 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 too broad. He, too, he's so too big. broad and so everywhere that I'm not that invested in C. Thomas Howell because I know the the, the cards are stacked against him. I was like, all right, well, what's what's the point? Rutger Howard's going to be behind the door. He's yeah, already yeah, going to, yeah. he's already 10 moves ahead. I yeah, want to be yeah, yeah. two steps ahead, not 10 steps ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That but would that's make just a, me, that would make an, a, a good chaser. Uh, uh. And I'll tell you what really scared me in this movie was the realization halfway through that I had been tricked, that I had been trapped, set up and bamboozled into this podcast where I started to smell a rat and start to smell what the franchise of this whole thing is Wait which a is minute. oh I see so Lex is going to suggest a fun you know movie that is a populist favorite that everyone loves well, from childhood sleepovers No, that I'm going to come along and watch Nobody and, talks and, about and take this a movie. big steamer on top of and, and I have to be the uh, the 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 wet blanket to your Mr. fun guy and I'm not going to play that game I'm not going to play that game
1: i I, what's shocking to me is that people don't talk about this movie very much it is not it does not rank high in the 80s nostalgia 80s memorabilia it doesn't it doesn't get high there but uh okay I, i i respectfully hear you and uh and that will factor into the the next the next choice that i make for sure. Well, I, I mean, if that's I, and the also, way you, you want to play keep, it, that's fine.
0: I, I, <laughs> not, I am not playing that's it That's the game play. you want to play. And I will say for the listeners that I am, I, I am holding Alexa's feet to the fire a little bit, tearing him apart more than Jennifer Jason Lee in between a couple of belts. But uh, I did enjoy the movie, but there's a difference between enjoying it and getting your brain blown. And we'll get to that uh, as we kind of wrap up in four or five hours from now. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about our stars. Uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh comes into the movie, I'd say maybe a third through. I'm a big uh JJL fan.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: can't say this is her best performance. No. Uh she sounds a little marble mouthed. She doesn't have a lot to do besides. <laughs> to, to die. Uh, but it did get me thinking about my favorite Jennifer Jason Lee performances. And I don't know. I thought that might be a fun digression.
1: Um, yeah, I'm down to go there because I I actually have never been entirely drawn to her. Uh I certainly recognize that she's, she's had some really great moments, but she's not somebody that, that sticks with me. Um, I think this one is pretty early on. I think she had only done, um, fast times before this, right?
0: Yeah. I think a fast times, a little TV, a couple little small parts. I, I, I think there was another part where she's a, Abused, And I'll tell you another reason why Roger might have gotten so uh, hot under the collar about the Mm -hmm. the, uh, truck scene is Roger, uh, and I agree, just adores her in Fast Times, which is not a movie he likes Um, very much. And um, he was very upset by how her character is treated in that and that she wasn't recognized as more of a star. I'm paraphrasing. It's been a long time since I've heard his review of Fast Times. But so to then see this shining star that he adored in Fast Times who was uh, the character treated so shabbily yeah, yeah. Uh, thrown into this movie with very <laughs> little, little characterization. I'm, I'm sure he's fit to be tied um
1: yeah well so clearly you guys must have had a great moment together when rush came out with jason patrick and jennifer jason lee in 1996 or or whatever so what are your what are are your jjl uh, favorites
0: i think i made a little list and there's certainly been a lot of misfires but i think single white female sure rush Uh, rush is on the list My rush is on the list. Rush is on the list. It's probably the lower end of the list. Miami blues. Yeah. Great. movie. I love Uh, fast times, obviously. And then, uh, kind of an interesting one anniversary party because she also, uh, wrote it and directed it with Alan Cummings. Mm. That is a very good movie. I am a sucker for rich people in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, but you see the poster and well, it it, it just sounds like, I mean, it just sounds like a vanity project that movie. And you think it's going to be some kind movie. of like big chill, uh, warm over, and it's going to be a mess. And that's a it's, it's a really good movie. Love I agree. Uh, John C. Riley in that. Really good movie. Love would love to revisit that. I think probably besides. Uh, Besides the Hitcher, probably her most thankless role might be in Greenberg. And I guess I always watch that movie, which is a movie I love uh, 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 I'm very fond of. But, you know, she's got a role in that. And you can almost at least I, I project this. I kind of project the no- Noah Baumbach falling in love with Greta Gerwig. Uh, while he's making that movie this is just a projection this is this is mm-hmm. just this is not I, gossip I haven't and seen and it. and she kind of has a you know a fine role but not not the flashiest role especially compared to greta holy cow you haven't seen greenberg all right well you might have to get no in there, but i friend
1: i just saw the the one after that which was phenomenal uh which one
0: morgue with the wedding
1: um, uh, no what's the one after that uh francis ha no the bomb back movie Francis uh, Ma- is a bomb movie.
0: <laughs> I thought that was credit card work. Uh,
1: Meyerowitz, uh, the Meyerowitz stories. Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. incredible.
0: Interesting. Okay. I liked it. I liked it too. I thought uh, I thought Adam Sandler was phenomenal in that. He outacted yeah. everybody. I guess I might have been a little over the Noah Bombach artist father stand-in films and it, yeah. it felt a little all, oh. all over all over the place to me yeah um, I, I, you know like the, like the title announces chronicles it felt a little uh episodic or right. um, you know right. me uh like that straight straight storyline i mean squid to whale is the noah bomback masterpiece and right we can move uh, on from there
1: yeah yeah, yeah. um that's really I, yeah i don't have much experience with with bomback
0: oh. have um, you seen squid in Whale?
1: yes that i have seen i may have seen it with you
0: I, oh, could, I could be wrong Early,
1: the, the early, great early, early male obviously performances like, of
0: all time Jeff Daniels in that
1: yeah he's great um here's one little piece of trivia that I loved about Robert Harmon um he turned <laughs> two movies he turned down after the Hitcher uh a little movie called Lethal Weapon and then another one called Fatal Attraction
0: wow. so wow yikes well, we can thank our lucky stars because I'll, I'm sure he would have done a great job, but there has seldom been a marriage of director and material as successful as Weapon and Attraction with uh, Adrian Lin. And oh, my God. Hold on. Who directed? Uh, is that uh, Dickie Donner? Oh, boy. Whew.
1: Yeah. Whew. Um, yeah, I agree. The, the, the I don't think those movies would have would have been what they were without those. Those guys attached. That's for sure.
0: Well, uh, let me let me circle back to C. Thomas Howell and and his performance because as great as Rutger Howard is, C. Thomas Howell is is good. It, it's almost an impossible role. It's, it it's kind of I feels agree. like a thankless role. I, agree. I don't know because he just he goes there, and I've never you know sometimes he can be a little passive as a, a performer. I think, or, or mm-hmm. just I'm thinking of some of the you know movies I know him from, and I don't know the whole C. Thomas Uvra um (laughs) but uh but no he really goes there he's eating dirt he's laughing maniacally I'm not sure what else I needed to connect to that character and I I think the answer is it's just that's just a very hard role to be that guy who nobody believes um and uh, also he has to be a vessel
1: for the audience in a way and, and that's no easy task
0: yeah. I mean, old, old, old fashioned, old softy that I am. I could have gone for a little more of a, a, a romance between him and Jennifer Jason Lee before she's torn apart. Um, <laughs> I guess that would have made me more upset with the tearing apart, but I still, I could have gone for it. And I did just want actually, to know a little bit more of his life. I mean, he's got, so is his big thing is he's going to, uh, he's doing the drive away cars and going to San Diego. Is he going to stay? I don't know. I was I intrigued. Mean, it's great that he's so baby faced in the beginning. He doesn't, he looks like he can barely even drive a car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that um, a little Wake and Fright uh, uh, nod with the pennies on, on the eyes that, that felt I very reminiscent of that uh, Donald did. Pleasance?
0: I did. Uh, that's episode one, guys. Oh, I did you. notice that. But at the same time, Wake and Fright, that was really when Wake and Fright was kind of lost to the world. So I wondered if that was just—is uh, that just us projecting?
1: But I—I I, I don't know. But I felt like there was so much influence there uh, from *Wake and Fright* as far as the way the car chases were handled and and uh, the look of the film. I—I I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into it because we talked about that so so recently. I'm
0: going but... I'm I'm to post a, a freeze frame on the uh, still on the Instagram side by side. Let me ask you: Is *China Lake*? the director's short film was, who who was that financed by? Was that an AFI short? So it looked like there was some money behind that. And there's some stars, obviously.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't know. It seemed like from what I read, he, he raised the money himself. I guess he was a, a set photographer and then somehow a DP on a handful of movies. Oh, here's another little bit of trivia. The DP on this, um, shot, uh, Witness and the English patient.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yep. Not too um, shabby. Not That's too how you shabby. did it
0: before uh, Kickstarter, kids. You DP'd on a few movies.
1: <laughs> Make it happen for yourself. Um, John Seal is his name. So, how did you feel about the, uh, the finale?
0: I did like the ending. You know, I did like Rutger Howard jumping out of the window onto the car. Uh, again, he almost has these superhuman powers.
1: Right. Right. And again, without the tone that's taken the this sort of dreamlike abstract tone that's taken at the beginning, I don't think you you couldn't have gotten away with that stuff. But yet, by the time that happens, you're you're groomed for it. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was pretty awesome.
0: So the movie does go there in terms of action sequences, in terms of grisly violence, in terms of Mm -hmm. some gore. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, the 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 ending of the movie Roger Ebert saw does not seem to be the ending that uh, we saw, but um, teach their own.
1: I, I what I was going to say uh, earlier is that um, I actually liked that um, they didn't go there with the romance between him and Jennifer Jason Leigh. I just thought it it wasn't there. The relationship wasn't there beyond what you saw, there wasn't time or room for that. But what I really liked There's always
0: time for romance on the road, Lex. There's always time to slow the movie down. Mm Mm-hmm. Slow it down. Just two lonely, lonely people.
1: I like that that moment climaxed with uh, Howard being the one that reached out and touched her. And she touched him back, showing that it was there if C. Thomas Howell could have... Could have gone there, but instead, the hitcher, the hitcher, always the hitcher. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well,
0: is the rubber hitting the road right now?
1: I think it is. I think it is you're going to have to you're going to have to not be satisfied with just running over John Ryder. You're going to have to take a shotgun to his chest.
0: All right. Well, again, like I said, I am not going to play your reindeer games of ruining the 80s for our listeners. That's not me. Now, let me tell you something. If I'd seen this. When I was 13 years old at a sleepover, I'm sure my little boy brains would have been trickling out of my little boy ears.
1: Now, now hold on. Okay. Hold on. Just briefly. Just briefly. I did not see this movie until five-ish years ago. Oh, my.
0: So I did not I see this know. as a kid. I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> No, I'm no, I'm really scared. Oh, yeah. That's Fuck all, all that watch. said. Sitting down, you know, yep. like I said, with my whiskey, watching it as a adult man. You know, I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't the yummy, greasy hamburger uh, that uh, your pick, the gauntlet, was.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I had some problems with it. I did find it a little... It was a little too bleak to be fun and a little to for me um allegorical to take as seriously (laughs) as maybe it wanted itself to take there you go uh would i maybe uh you know pop a weed mint and see it at a Mm -hmm. midnight screening with a friend who's dying to see it yeah maybe yeah yeah were my brains blown no, so I'm going to give this one a lightly affectionate, but not as affectionate as the gauntlet, which was a little closer, mm. kind of moving in the opposite direction with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But a, a a lightly affectionate uh, bickle, which is the opposite of scanners, which mm-hmm. is where my brain is blown. And bickle, I'm Travis mm-hmm. uh, Bickle with the empty chamber. I'm firing in my mouth. It's not a <laughs> so much metaphor. explanation
1: for our uh, our rating system. I love it. Um, that's fair next time is your choice but the one after that oh buddy look out i'm gonna i'm gonna nail it
0: and is this the end of our uh first half of the season i think so well i want to wish everyone a happy halloween
1: oh yeah enjoy it stay off the roads kids
0: and you can certainly pop on the hitcher for this halloween after you watch who invited them that'll be my last plug that'll be my last plug oh my god